Hey, this is Bruce Boudreaux, and you're listening to Empty Betters with Nick Mack and Harrison. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to episode 158 of Empty Betters. I'm your host, Harrison Scholes. I'm going to toss it across the screen to my co-host, Nick Manella. What's going on, my friend? What's going on, dude? Not too much. Uh, real quick before we get going here, boys, just want to say a huge happy birthday to my mom. So happy birthday, mom. Oh. She listens to every episode, so I'm sure I'm going to get uh, critiqued extra hard on this one. God bless her. I don't know if I'm happy about hearing that or sad about hearing that. Yeah, for it's her like 50-50. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all righty. Well, yeah, happy birthday to you, Mrs. Manila. Uh, and now we're going to toss it across the screen to our other co-host up in Wisconsin, Mac Vogel. What's going on, my friend? Not much. Just uh, living large, living life, enjoying living like enjoying Larry. myself. Yeah, you know, trying to enjoy myself. It's a little stressful times uh, during the trade deadline uh, as we approach it, rather. But uh, it's fun. It's fun stuff. So having a good Is time. Is cool in your hand? Is that what you got? Something yeah. like that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I was just making sure. Yeah. Um, Got to keep that Im- immunity up right now. You know, cold mm-hmm. season, mm-hmm. as we yep. call it. Uh, you can probably hear it in my voice. Also spent a weekend in Atlantic City and got into maybe a little too much trouble. So that certainly didn't help purposes either. But Caught yeah. something in Atlantic City. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. Never heard of that, right? Crazy. I think they make a shampoo for that. <laughs> was that the one the hotel they gave me? I don't know. <laughs> It was a fun time though. I had a good uh good time. Fellow friend of the podcast, Mark Cotoraro. Today is his birthday as well. So oh, it is a happy birthday to Mr. Mark. That's why we were in AC. Um, I almost wish he was on the show, but I didn't want to bring him on because <laughs> we got some big Rangers news that we're gonna talk about here shortly. Uh, but before we do, I think Mac has our question of the day, which is brought to you by Brackish Life. I do. And I, I got to give credit to Nick for this one. He actually suggested this one a week or two ago, and I, I was a fan of it. So uh, here it goes. When you are at the beach, what kind of guy are you? Like, what do you do? What Are you like a reader? Are you like a games guy? Are you like in the water? What's like your thing when you're at the beach? What kind of guy are you? Harry, you go first. I want to oh, hear you first. Uh, I used to be, be a big like like in the surfs or surfboarding, like always trying to like be active. But as I've graduated from school, I am just the guy who lays out and dance. Like I don't really move much. I, I sit on the recliner, not a towel, not a towel tan guy, but like a recliner chair guy. Beach chair. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just, I lay my ass there. I don't really like to move too much. There's a football thrown around, but I'm more of a layout guy. Yeah, I definitely say I'm I'm more of the same. Like growing up, I was in the water for probably like somewhere between like eight hours, you know, and the 30 minutes I came out was to eat my lunch or something like that. But um, yeah, I still love being in the water now, but definitely like a chair got like the Bluetooth speaker going at an appropriate volume for like our group kind of thing. And then uh, absolutely there is a cooler there with me. So um, I don't really get the people that go there to read. Um, like if that's your thing, by all means, power to you. But um, yeah, I, I am not there to read. Let's just put it that way. So I at least have somewhat of a different answer here. I, I'm definitely big on beach games. I love can jam, love uh, bags, or as you East Coasters call it, cornhole. Yep. Uh, my my, we actually had this debate 
while I was in Carolina last weekend and I was talking to a friend of the pod, Stephen Baker and my grandpa, uh, who's, you know, a Midwestern guy. And we were debating and my, you know, Steven's saying like, it's always been cornhole, like Midwesterners just made that up. And my grandpa had the best answer. He was like, I don't know to me, cornhole means something totally different. Oh my God. <laughs> and I was like, yep, I'm, I'm with you on that one. So, but no, I love, uh, love beach games. I uh, love getting in the water. I have a hard time staying still, honestly, at the yeah. beach. I'll do it for a bit and I'll definitely, you know, I'll definitely enjoy a beer uh, sit in the chair for a little while, listen to music. Usually I'm the guy who like comes, sits in the chair, someone else is reading, someone else is sleeping. And I'm like, so like, what, what, how are you guys? What do you, what do you want to do later? Like, and they're nice. like, um, I'm trying to read or, uh, you know, and then I'm like, anyone want to play football or I'm like, I, I agree with you a little bit for me, the beach games. It's like, it depends on what the group is like. Like if this is like going to be like one of those volleyball things where like people are going to be a hardo about it, I'm not about it. Like if you want me to play like eight games of spike ball in a row back to back to back. I'm probably going to say no, like get me in there for one or two and then I'm good. Fair enough. Probably can jam what... like oh. can jam cornhole. Like you can kind of just stand there and it's drink more of a, while yeah. you do it. That's like, why I like those ones. It's something to do. You're still enjoying the weather, but you're kind of just standing there. I like can jam a lot. I also think bags sounds way cooler than cornhole. Yeah. Um, and last thought, I guess it also depends like, a little bit where you are and who you're with. If I'm with my family, like, you know, in the Carolinas or something like that, I'm yeah. layout guy. But you go with your buddy somewhere and maybe it's like a resort or something with a beach. Yeah. I'm on the volleyball court the whole time. That's oh, boys trip is totally different. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. I'm well, a blast it, with that. It's tough because I've had a few more than one experience growing up where it would be like just me, my mom and my sister going to the beach and my mom's sleeping. My sister's reading like the entire day at the beach and I'm just Okay, well, yeah. I like guess I'm gonna go make Someone's friends. Getting in the a horseshoe water. crab thrown on them. Yeah, really, like, <laughs> I had to be the one who's like just messing with you and like, right? Hey, I'm gonna kick some sand on your book if you don't <laughs> come throw this frisbee with me. Yeah, so. I, I feel that my my sister and mom would probably be the same way. They're uh, much more academic than I would classify mm -hmm. myself. That's mm -hmm. for sure. Well, I'll tell you, you what else is important on the beach: keeping the sun off of you. And if you want to keep the sun off of you this summer, then Brackish Life is perfect for you. They have a wide selection of gear from UV shirts to hoodies and hats. It's Real Bay apparel made by Real Bay people. It's some of the best gear that you can own for summertime to keep your skin from burning. Go check out www.brackish.life today to check them out. A little salty, a little fresh Brackish Life. I did wear their short sleeve UV protecting, protective shirt last year for the Outer Banks. For my family trip, we'll be doing that again this year. Thank you, Kyle, for uh, keeping me safe from the sun's rays. Gotta love it. Absolutely. All right, before we get into the trade talk, because a shit ton of stuff has happened today as we're recording this on the last day of February, when this drops, it'll be March 1. Um, we're going to do a little bit of league news, and then we'll go into the trades. First things first, and I watched this live, and it was incredible. Connor McDavid scored his 50th goal of the season last night. It's the first time in his career he's hit the 50-goal marker. It took him 61 games. We still have well over a month left. We have six weeks left of regular season hockey. 
it just makes you wonder like how many more goals this guy could logistically score in this season. So I tried to actually look up on FanDuel today because they have a a section um, on their app for player futures. And they had one for like Jack Hughes, Tage Thompson. I was trying to find one for McDavid. I'm going to check again here real quick. But Mac, what are your thoughts? About how many more he could score this year specifically or? Yeah, he's at 50 right now. What do you think he could end up with realistically? I mean, I don't think it's insane to think he could get like 75 or like, I don't know. I was going to say like up there with that, like what was Timu's rookie goal record? 76. No one's no one's hit a number that starts with a seven in a while, right? It would have to be like Gretzky, right? Was the last person to get over 70? Yeah, either him or Lemieux, one of the two. Remember last year when Matthews was really hot? He was like on pace. And then the last couple games, I think it was like the last 10 games, he kind of fell off. He got to what, 62 or 62. So the last person to go, I know the next highest would be Ovi at 65 in, what was that? 07, 08, 08, 09. It was his third season, I believe. I mean, the Oilers have 21 games left. All right, 75 might be a little much. I think he could I think he could get 70. I think, <laughs> think he could get 70. I think he could get there. I also just fact checked this, Nick. He got 60 exactly last year. Okay. Matthews did? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, can he hit that 70 marker? Like Max said, they got insane. 19 games left. He needs what? No, I think they got 21, don't they? I'm sorry, you're right. 20. Uh yeah, 21. My bad. Bad math. 21 20 games. goals and 20. Yeah, that's doable. For him, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, he's probably the only person in the league right now you could say would be able to produce at like that volume. But yeah. I tell you what, he's definitely getting sixty though, and he's for oh, sure. Yeah. I'd say sixty-five is also pretty likely. Like, yeah, I think he'll get just shy of seventy. Person, yeah, I think that's probably 60... accurate. He'll probably end up with like sixty-seven, sixty-eight, something like that, or sixty-nine. That would be very nice. Uh, worth noting, he's got 115 points also. So, yeah, that's just I don't that know. I think is going to be the number that people are going to really focus on because that's going to be the highest point total we have seen in a very long time. So he's averaging 1.88 points per game. He's got 21 left. So if you do that math, he would finish with, let's see, 21 times 1.88. Basically get 40 more points this season. Which would put him at a hundred and what's one fifteen plus forty? One hundred and fifty-five. Yeah, that's that's absurd. Yeah, um, that I mean, you would have to think one of those '90s Penguins seasons or a Gretzky season was probably the next highest. Um, yeah. In a in a, that I can remember, unless I'm missing someone. But has there? This is a off, maybe not off topic, but has there ever been a unanimous MVP? Because I, I like, can't imagine. I don't know. Probably has at some it point. It probably right? has at some point. I can't imagine it. It sounds like a Gretzky like, thing. Yeah, I was going to say, like, the Gretzky 90-plus season had to have been. Or the right? one where he had, like, 92 goals or something. Right. That's what I meant. Yeah. Because yeah. he's – I don't see how you can vote for anyone but McDavid at this point. I mean, yeah. it's pretty clear. But anyways, all right, we'll move on. Uh, longtime Nashville GM David Poyle, he is stepping down after 26 years – Barry Trotz will be his successor's GM starting work behind the scenes immediately and will officially become the GM after this season is finished. 
Poyle was the only GM in Preds history and the only manager with over 3,000 games. David Poyle has worked for the Predators as long as I've been alive. The Like when he took that team over, Bill Clinton was president. Like let that sink in. Yeah. He's a legend. I mean, hats off to him. Hell yeah. of a career. He's he's done a lot to, to grow the game and especially to grow it in that area. So mm-hmm. big ups and congrats to Barry. That's pretty cool that he's uh, yeah. that he's stepping into a role like that. I, I like that for him. I Going think people to like Nash too. Yeah, I think people forget like how long he was there because like I think now when you think Barry Trotz, you probably if you're a Caps fan are thinking Stanley Cup. You're, you know, maybe thinking the Islanders from recency bias, but the dude was an absolute legend for the Preds behind the bench, for sure. Um, and you know, Poyle, although he's on his way out, he just pulled off a absolute haul for the Nashville Predators for Tanner Janot. We'll talk about that here in a little bit. Um, the Vesna frontrunner Linus Olmark became the first goalie in Bruins history to score a goal in an NHL game. He's the first goalie to score an NHL goal since 2020 when Pekka Rene did it. Mac, I know you kind of uh showed us this in the group chat. Uh, what were your thoughts on this? What a dart, first of all. Like, it wasn't even like, oh, like, yeah, I've seen you know, there's been a handful of goalie goals, and there's you know, it seems like in in like the AHL and some of the younger leagues in college, they try it a little more often, and, and you'll see like one or two of those every year, it seems like. But this is out of all the ones I've seen from any level, this is probably like the nicest goal I've seen. I mean, he he stepped out to the side and just ripped one, and it was a it was a BB, honestly. It was a really nice shot. So, uh, pretty cool to see. Um, definitely, definitely a fun. Any anything that involves goalies, people love goalie goals, goalie fights. Everybody loves that stuff. So, this stuff. is what like Craig Lachlan would say is a goal scorer's goal because it absolutely Literally, was. Yes, it like, was. It was a great shot. Put it right over like Quinn Hughes' head, who like absolutely was like so pissed as soon as it went in, which was really funny. Uh, but I mean, this is awesome. The guy's just having a hell of a year and this is just like a sprinkle on top for him. Absolutely. Loved seeing him go down the, uh, the bench line yep. too after and getting all the, fist oh, bumps, great. like, like a normal goal scorer, it's like some NHL hits type shit. I love that. <laughs> exactly. Uh, speaking of goaltenders, Spencer Knight of the Florida Panthers has entered the NHL player assistance program and will be out indefinitely. Thoughts and prayers, obviously, for uh, for Spencer here. Um, you know, nobody really knows what's going on, but we're wishing him the best, obviously. Yep, T's and P's, of course. Uh, before we get into the trade talk, I unfortunately, once again, for the 1,000th time, have forgot to announce that we do have an interview this episode. We will be joined by Melissa Cunningham, her second time coming on the show. She'll be uh, having her interview right after we finish the trade rumors portion of this and right before we start the gambling segment. So just wanted to point that out. I want to thank Melissa uh, for coming on. All right, let's get into the trade talk. A lot of stuff's going on here. So obviously the biggest one, the most unfortunate one, in my opinion, if you're not from New York, Patrick Kane, the chips finally fell. He is now officially a New York Ranger. The Blackhawks receive a 2023 second round pick which could become a first-round pick if they make the Eastern Conference Finals and a fourth-round pick. Um, obviously, Kane kind of – I don't want to blame him here, but the Hawks had their hands tied. They were trying to do him right, send him to a spot where he wanted to be, and now the Rangers are absolutely loaded. Yeah, I think the the big thing here is obviously you get Kane and Panarin back together, and 
both of those guys have publicly talked about how much fun they had playing together until Chicago literally gave him away for next to nothing. But um, yeah, this absolutely sucks if you're not a Rangers fan. Uh, And it really, really sucks if you're a Blackhawks fan. Uh, I was explaining to someone earlier today, you know, what this, you know, player means to this team. And I compared it to if the Washington Capitals traded Alex Ovechkin. I mean, this guy helped bring you three Stanley Cups and his playoff performances on those cup runs. I think if you take those away, they probably don't win those Stanley Cups at all. I mean, certainly player in franchise history. Absolutely. First American to be drafted first overall too. So got to love that. Um, It it just sucks that he's coming to the Metro and um, I have a feeling that this is going to go very, very well for the New York Rangers. Mac. It's hard to see it not going very, very well for the New York Rangers. I mean, I, I think last week I said that, you know, I'm a little, little skeptical of like the super, super team thing. Cause it's almost like you fly too close to the sun. Like how could it work out perfectly for you? But it's also kind of hard to envision it not working out perfectly for them. When you think about what Patrick Kane is capable of, you know, a lot of my friends who aren't super big hockey fans, but at least know a little bit and know who he is, know how good he used to be have asked me like, yeah, but is he still like good? Like, does he still have enough left in the tank? I mean, he's shown this season that he's just, just as good as he ever was pretty much. Maybe not like just as good as he was in his prime, but I mean, he certainly looks like he's able to score a bunch of goals, set up nice passes. He he really has not looked to me at least like he's digressed much. So uh, and I think also what that does for a guy in your older age being traded from a shitty Blackhawks team. I mean, I'm sure there's some definitely some tough, tough. Uh, there's some tough elements to leaving Chicago for him, no doubt. But uh, you got to that's got to give you a huge boost. All of a sudden you're like, holy shit, I got one more chance to like run this back with a team that could win like this year or next year or like both even. I mean, that that's definitely got to fire you up. And I think that's going to show in his uh, on ice play, too. So and I think the fact that it's a contract year, you know, as you alluded to, it kind of takes a little bit of the pressure off of him. It's like, okay, let's say he doesn't get it done. The Rangers don't get it done for some reason this year. He could probably go back to Chicago and name his price if he wanted to. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Or anywhere or a lot of other places, too. So, yeah. Uh, just to give you an idea, we—I'll read this real quick. This is, comes from a uh, a Rangers fan on Twitter. Mark just sent me this. First line: Kreider, Mika, Tarasenko. Second line: Panarin, Trocheck, and Patrick Kane. Third I line: hate Lafreniere. My life so much. Lafreniere, Hedl, and Kako. Fourth line: Tyler Mott, uh, Gaudreau. And Jimmy VC. That is, I like kind of forgot already that they got fucking Tarasenko too. Yeah, that is a uh, absolutely God. disgusting forward core. Yes. I mean, I don't know how you get much better than that. They've got what one, two, they got two first overall picks alone in there. I mean, Jesus Christ, they've got yep. a couple MVPs in there. It's going to be interesting. Um, I have a question for you guys after I read this next bullet point because I want to hear your thoughts. Yes. Uh, Timo Meyer, he's been traded to the New Jersey Devils. This was one that we all kind of saw coming. Um, Along with Meyer, San Jose uh, gets a couple of roster players, a couple picks. But but which ones? Yeah, which one? Who is he? 
Um, there's a reason that I was kind of being a little vague there. What, uh, no, what's T- his name? Timur yeah. Ibrahimov, as nice. well as Scott Harrington, good. as well as Scott Harrington, former Pittsburgh Penguin draft pick, uh, Santeri Hataka, and goaltender Zachary Edmond. Um, and then the Sharks, they're going to also retain 50% of Myers' six million dollar cap hit as a part of the deal. Um, so yeah, I mean. Th- in reality, this is what we all were wondering. Where's Timo Meyer going to go? The Devils were always number one. What do you guys think? I mean, we just talked about the Rangers forward court. The Devils are pretty loaded up front, too. Their top six is pretty nasty when you look at it. If the uh, if the Caps don't make the playoffs, which, you know, is looking more and more likely by the day, I Minute. honestly wouldn't even hate, like, if the Devils made a run. I think it'd be kind no, of No, cool. they're a fun team. I mean, the only thing that sucks is that they're from New Jersey, but other than yeah. that, it's, you know. I mean, it'd be better than the Rangers or, yeah. or uh, Boston or something like that. I'd take yeah. it over a lot of the other teams, so. Oh, but I totally no, agree. I mean, I love this move for them. I think it's a really good move, and yet again, the Metro gets scarier somehow when, when we thought it couldn't. Yeah. I also think like Myers just going to flourish here. Like he's been a great player on like a very bad team for the last. Wow, this three just years. makes sense. Like it his, really his makes brand sense. and their brand is like a match made in heaven. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he reminds me of a better version of Andre Palat, who is also on their team. I think similar play styles. They're top nine. If you look a little at bit more off. of like a finishing ability, though, I think than um, Palat yeah. had. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh, Tatar, Heischer, Meyer on the first line, Sharon Govich, Hughes, and Bratt on the second line. And this third line is absolutely wild. Palat, Halla, and Mercer. Ooh, that's that passes the test. It passes the test with flying colors. Damn. Yeah, that third especially because like Halla's been there, he's done it plenty of times. He was on mm-hmm. Vegas, um, when they made their run, but oh man, wow. that, that is a good hockey team. So in all likelihood, as of right now, let's say things stay the same, uh, Carolina would win the division, which I don't think is too unrealistic. I mean, there's they've still got a solid nine-point lead over the Rangers for that, um, as well as a three-point lead over the Devils for that. So let's say we get a Devils-Rangers battle of the Hudson first round. The two Give it to me. That would, I want it. that would rock yeah. so much. And that can you imagine? Hold on. Series. I'm getting yep. way ahead of myself yep. here. Can you imagine after what the Rangers did here, if the Devils if come the in New Jersey Devils and, take and, them out. and bounce them in the first round? Like <laughs> Every game would be six to five. I, I, I swear to God. I'm so ready for that. Honestly, fuck it. I don't even need the Caps to make the playoffs. I'd rather just watch a bunch of sick matchups like that. That uh, yeah. That Sometimes it's fun. I think back to what was the one year the Caps missed that uh random ass year uh 2013-2014. Yeah, something yeah. like it was right around then. It's kind of fun honestly <laughs> watching <laughs> the playoffs when you're just like, "Eh, whatever. I hope there's I hope it's a good game." Like, yeah. Just root for chaos. Yep. I honestly, I, I'm gonna hate myself for saying this. I kind of agree with you because my team ain't going nowhere either. But we could all we could all use a a year off of the high stress uh, April May. So. Yeah, I would I would love to see a Rangers Devils first round. That would be one. That would probably be the best first round series in. Well, although there's another one that I'll bring up, but we won't get to the, there just yet. We'll wait. Uh, the Caps they trade Mojo to the Wild for a third round pick. I gotta ask you guys, what's up? I mean, that one, you know, we, we re-upped him for one year. 
ideally he would have, you know, ideally we'd be in a much better spot in the standings right now. We hold on to him because he's going to help us in the playoffs. But given how things are looking, it's like, well, he might as well get a pick for him. Somebody wants him. He's been in Minnesota before. So it's yep. like, all right, send him back somewhere. He's comfortable. You know, um, it, it's a business decision. Makes sense to me. Good player. I mean, you yeah. know, nothing against him. And I think getting a third in return is actually pretty solid it's a good return i think you're probably looking at a fourth or fifth for a lot of other teams because it's mini you can get a third out of them so yep um yeah i i would say that's a a 50 50 deal for both teams at this point yeah yeah i mean everything you guys just said so we'll uh we'll move on to the leafs they bring in jake mccabe and sam lafferty from the chicago blackhawks as well as two draft picks Chicago gets a 2025 first, 2026 second, Joey Anderson, and Pavel Gogolev. Why do I feel like McCabe and Lafferty just have been lifelong Leafs anyway? Like, you know what I mean? Like, as soon as I heard that they were there, I was like, yep, I can picture them in the jersey. I can, it all just like, yeah, that they're Leafs. That makes sense. Yeah. I like, I like the move for the Leafs a lot. You get McCabe, solid skater, great defensive stay at home guy. Can move the puck and then Lafferty. I mean, he's an ex penguin. He throws his body around. He's got a big frame. Um, he can get in front of the net. So Toronto, all of a sudden, they get a little harder to play against. I like that move for them a lot. Yeah. Uh, they also brought in uh or they sent Rasmus Sandine to the caps for Eric Gustafson and a first round pick. Thoughts, comments, concerns. So I actually love this deal. The more I've let it marinate the rest of the day after hearing about it, uh, the more I like it. Sandine, 22 years old, ton of potential. Believe he still has two years left. That sounds right to me. Can anyone confirm or deny that? I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that one. Um, and, you know, Gustafson was great for us this year. He, he really had a, a come out year, and I think that that's part of the reason – that we were able to to get a solid return for him is because he's had she's you know if this was Gustafson getting traded last year at this time, you're like you're laughing at this offer if you're the Leafs. But given the the year that he's had, he's really stepped up. I I do feel kind of bad for Gus though because, um, Sammy Silver was reporting all day that that he has really found a a home in Washington even even though he hasn't been here long. He got three kids and he was like, I really like raising them in the DMV. Um, he likes the team a lot. He likes the locker room. He, he, he's he been very public about how he loves this organization and wanted to stay in DC. So that is kind of a bummer that uh, he had to go. But besides that, it's a good deal. Uh, the first rounder, a lot of people are like, oh my God, why are we giving up a first rounder? It's the one we just got from Boston. So it really doesn't matter. That's like a 31st. Or like a 30th overall pick. I'm not really too concerned about that. The only thing is it probably uh, either lessens the chances that we get Jacob Chikrin or potentially just takes us out of that sweepstakes altogether. Because I would have thought that that pick would have been something that would have been going in return there. Um, And now that, you know, we have another D, I mean, it'd be pretty sweet if we added Chikrin to the core that we have right now, but, you know, we'll see. Yeah, I totally agree. I think the more I've let this, you know, sit in my brain, the better it's gotten. Um, I know a lot of people were upset at first because the Caps were giving away a first round pick. But like you and I have talked about at length now, like you said, it's probably going to be, you know, 29th, 
through the 32nd. You just can probably make that assumption at this point. I think that the big thing for me here, and you touched on it, is the ceiling. He's 22 years old. You've got this guy for two more years on this deal. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't really cost you all that much in the end. Um, Like you said, I think Gustafson had a great season. It's going to suck to see him go. Didn't start off having a great season by any means. So um, I think this is just one of those things where they really don't have many pieces that they can move and get big returns right now. And that's why I think they're definitely out of the Chikrin sweepstakes at this point. And one, one other thing I'll say, and then we can move on. I had some friends texting me asking me like, what's GMBM doing? What is he rebuilding? Is he retooling? Are we buying? Are we selling? Are we both? What's going on? And to kind of sum it up as quickly and as simply as I can, he, I mean, the caps have basically promised Ovechkin that they're not going to like do a full on rebuild while he's still on the team. And they essentially promised him that while he's on the team, their goal will be to try to win another cup. And so this is basically them sort of being buyers and sellers, getting rid of things that make sense to get rid of guys like Orlov who are going to expire at the end of the year, ask for a ton of term, ask for a ton of money. And, you know, GMBM basically just turned Dmitry Orlov into Rasmus Sandin, which, you know, when you think about it, age and contract wise makes a ton, ton of sense for us. So he's retooling, he's rapid rebuilding, whatever, whatever you want to call it. Uh, we're kind of buying and selling in a way that makes sense for the team based on their current contracts. Plus, I mean, now with Sandine, you have a defenseman who signed past this offseason. I mean, for the Caps fans that don't know, I mean, with the lineup they had a month and a half ago, they were going into next year with none of those guys locked up. It basically just is one less thing we're going to have to worry about. Yes. It's almost like you're buyers for like next year, but not totally selling yet. Like it, I, I, Mac, I think you explained it great. Um, you did a good job on that. Yeah, pretty much. Um, that's it. Next, we will move on to Tanner Janot. He gets traded to the Tampa Bay Lightning. And this one kind of shocked the hockey world. Uh, Nashville got back Cal Foot, a 2025 first, a 2024 second, a 2023 third, a 2023 fourth, and a 2023 fifth. I mean, what for a guy who has five goals all season? That's for sure a guy is a who is like, am I wrong to say that this guy is like a like a bottom six grinder? No, he is. He is. Like, why? Like, I thought he's like kind of like a fighter, like a tough guy. Like, he's not really like. I a... think you could probably say power forward, maybe, but okay. Like, he had a much better year offensively last year, I think, or the year before. Okay. One of the two when he when he was a rookie, I think he had like. 15 goals or something okay yeah but he's a sandpaper guy yeah definitely he's great this just seems like an extremely high price to pay um unless i'm missing something so i don't know if you saw what what breeze boss said but he basically was like yeah we wanted this guy we wanted to get bigger and tougher and i don't really give a shit about the picks (laughs) and everyone's like well all right well i guess if that's how you feel then Makes sense. I did see that the quote made it make sense a little bit more because he was basically being like, these picks do absolutely no good for me. Like he he kind of summed it up by saying like, look at any one of those picks and will it turn into a player that could help us win a cup this year, next year, or even the year after? That's and true. the answer is probably no. So it's like, all right, I guess I get that. But also like 
for Tanner just now, like it still kind of comes back to like, really? <laughs> like, or like you couldn't get even like one other like side player or something with all that. Like, I don't know. It's a this is weird. just going to be like one of those in like 10, 15 years when like some guy wins his like fourth Stanley cup with two teams. And they're going to be like, he was the fourth round pick. Yeah. In the Tanner Genoa Literally. Trade. Yeah. I can't wait to see that. So we just covered the Leafs. We just covered the Lightning. In all likelihood, I mean, this is a this is almost set in stone in my opinion. They're gonna play again in the first round. Uh, Boston's way ahead of both of them for first place. This is gonna be the two v three matchup. You know, you add Janot, they've already got Perry and Maroon and these guys who can throw it around. And then you go to Toronto, they add Lafferty, they got Simmons, they get McCabe. This is gonna be a brawl. And I can't believe I'm saying that because both of them are so good offensively, but there's some big bodies in this one. What are your guys' initial thoughts on how that round would play out? Oh, man. Say it. I don't even know anymore. I don't know. I mean, Uh, I will say this. If the Toronto Maple Leafs have to go through Tampa Bay and Boston and somehow do both of that, I'm absolutely going to jump all over that bandwagon for them. Yeah. And then they could probably have to take out the Canes or the Rangers. Yeah. Oh, there's so many good teams. I hate it. But if they make it through those first two, I'm sold. Yeah, I know. Seriously. (laughs) Uh, If I put you on the spot right now, I said, Nick, Mac, I need you to tell me who wins that game or who wins that series and how many games. What's your answer? The Leafs win it game seven in Tampa Bay because Tampa can't win game sevens on home ice. It's it's I hate to say it, but it's the bolts in six for me. Again, well, I guess last year was seven. Again, dude, how many times? Like I'm literally envision like I can vividly picture the bolts winning in like six or seven, and Leafs fans taking to Twitter specifically being like, "We have to change the playoff format," (laughs) which is like what everyone's been saying already. But it's like they're going to be the ones to like, again, echo that statement because it's like, wow, we really just played an entire season just to go. Like, it's almost like you're playing a video game and you get to like the final boss and there's just no like checkpoints or ways (laughs) to save and you lose. And you're like, ah, fuck, I guess I'm going to start over and just do it again and then lose again. And you're like, it must be so frustrating for them to have difficulty getting out of the first round. I mean, it almost strikes a chord with me. Does that sound familiar to you in any way? What you're talking about? Yeah. What you're talking about? It would be very interesting. I'd obviously take the Leafs. I'll take the Leafs every season until I'm right. That's just what I'll do. And it would be, even more interesting to me to see Vasilevsky, Russian goalie number one, versus elite NHL goaltender Ilya Samsonov, Russian goalie number two. I mean, I, I would just and love guess what? I would say like one that B, right there, like one B probably. That right there is the exact reason I'm still picking the bolts. And you can That's say, true. "Oh my god, look how sick Samsonov is! He's had an unbelievable season." Blah 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 blah. So it's guess by what, the way. bro? He yeah. can't play in the playoffs. I until he proves that he can, he can't. So <laughs> I knew someone was gonna do firmly grasp it. Firmly grasp it in your hand. Uh <sighs> yeah, I think you know, you make a great point. Vassy's like, you know, there used to be so many of those like 
what you would call like monster goalie in the league, like Wah, Brodeur, um, like Bel- Belfour when he Come was on. on his game. You're Hashik. telling me, yeah. you're telling me that like Matthews and Tavares and O'Reilly aren't about to light Ilya Samsonov <laughs> up in a seven game series. They're going to like chase him out of the crease by game four. They're going to be starting Matt Murray, like being like, Oh my God, we got to change something. We're down. Yeah. 31. Vassie's that guy though. Like he's that guy where it's like, you know, you're going to have to beat, like you're going to have to get like three or four minimum by him to win a game against them. It's going to be fun. I love talking about these matchups already. It's going to be great. Um, We'll fly through these just for sake of time a little quicker. Uh, Jack Johnson goes back to Colorado in exchange for uh, Andre Englund. I can't believe that Jack Johnson is making his way back. So that is interesting. I'll leave it at that. Uh, Matthias Ekholm in a six-round pick to Edmonton. To Nashville, they get Tyson Berry, Reed Schaefer, a first this year and a fourth this year. Love that move for Edmonton. I think we could probably put an end to their Chikrin slash Eric Carlson sweepstakes. They settle for Ekholm, but hey, if you want my honest opinion, that ain't a bad settle at all. No, I love that move for Nashville too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they get a first out of it. I mean... Barry's kind of falling off from what he used to be, but not bad. I fully expected there to be Tyson Barry Washington Capitals nonsense around like this time earlier Thank this God season. Not. Thank yeah. God. But we I think we learned our lesson with Kevin Shattenkirk. Just no. That would have been such a yeah, very good comparison. Just, yep. just no. Ivan Barbashev gets traded to Vegas in exchange for Zach Dean, who's going to St. Louis. Uh like that move for the Golden Knights, honestly, not gonna lie. Uh, Kasperi Kapanen was claimed off waivers by the St. Louis Blues over the weekend. I actually really like that for the Blues. I'm not going to yes, lie. Man. I love it. He'll probably end up doing good just because there's no expectations. He's going to get top six minutes. There's you know, not under Sullivan's reign. So. This feels like a Sonny Milano pickup. Yep. Like, a, sure, we'll take you and try you on yet another team. And, oh, shit, it worked. It's like, oh, there's 20 goals. Yeah. The only thing that I don't know is... Like Sully's kind of a tough motherfucker, and Barube is like a really tough motherfucker. So like Cappy doesn't seem to do well with that kind of environment. We'll see how it goes. I don't know. Um, Dennis Garyanov gets traded to Montreal in exchange for Evgeny Dadanov, who's headed to Dallas. Like that for both sides, honestly. Any thoughts? Gurianov's probably got one of the most under underrated shots in the NHL. That one timer is absolutely filthy. Yeah, for sure. Four words. Uh, Daddy goes to Texas. <laughs> oh, okay then. I like that. Uh, Nino Niederreier gets traded to the Winnipeg Jets with a 2024 second rounder heading back to Nashville. Like that move for the Jets, going to be honest. They needed a little more depth. You know, kind of a team out west that nobody's really talking about. I mean, all the juggernauts are in the east, as we've mentioned. You know, out west, you get Dallas, you get Colorado, Edmonton. I think it'd be fun to see Winnipeg do something. They they have been like a sneaky good hockey team all year long. They have a great playoff atmosphere too. Like it's a smaller building. I think most NHL arenas are between like 18 and then like the Bell Center is like what, like 21,000 people and Winnipeg's is 15. So it's just that much louder. I mean, they do the whiteout in the playoffs. What else do those people have guys? Come on. They deserve it. Yeah. So true. Uh, we move on to Vitaly Kratsov, who gets traded from the New York Rangers to the Vancouver Canucks 
in exchange for William Lockwood in a seventh rounder heading back to New York. Uh, Kratzoff was drafted ninth overall by the Rangers in 2018, a guy that is extremely talented, never really got his uh, fair shake in New York, in my opinion. I think he's going to do great in Vancouver with Kuzmenko, Patterson, those guys. This is kind of like one of the, we talked about the Panarin getting traded out of Chicago a while yep. back for nothing. It's kind of like one of those where you just, you have your hands full with talent and you also see an opportunity to go pick up another like elite player and you're like, well, shit, Martin something, Erat. something, yeah, right. <laughs> no, you're like, something's got to give. I guess we're going to have to give away this dude who's probably going to bite us in the ass in a couple seasons, but it's just what has to happen. But But they were smart. They said, where is the furthest place possible we can put this guy? Right, right. And that's, that's Vancouver. True. That's fair. We got Keith Kincaid, who's going to the Colorado Avalanche in exchange for Shane Bowers going to Boston. A little insurance on the uh, in-between-the-pipes come playoff time. Uh, Jesse Pugliarvi gets traded to the Hurricanes in exchange for Patrick Puistola, Puistola who's headed to Edmonton. Unfortunately, I think this works nicely for the Canes. Yeah, I love that. I, I mean, I hate it, but yeah, it's really good for them. Um, mm. We talked earlier about how Payarvi, uh, Payarvi, I don't fucking know. Yes, sir. he's uh he's a perfect fit with Seabass uh, Ajo. They they have some chemistry together from World Juniors back in the day. Um, and Nick, you were you hit the the nail on the head earlier when you're talking about just um how many players on that team now? They're like the are they, do you think that they have the most? It's them or Dallas, man. And Harry, yeah. you were saying this too. Like it's like I know Dallas. Literally, they nicknamed Helsinki South because of how yeah. many Finnish players. Yeah, they the have, Finnish. But... They they've definitely got to be either one or two in terms of like most Finnish players on like an actual starting roster. Oh yeah. Um. So Canes, you've got Aho, you've got Teravainen, you've got Kakaniemi. Now you've got Poljujarv. Am I missing yep. anyone? Uh, what is Jesper Fast? Is he Swedish? Mm, he, my brain says yes. He could go either way. That name yeah. doesn't give it away. Auntie Ranta. Yep. Yep. There's five. There you go. I mean, that's, that's a lot. So yeah. Yeah. What did I say? They, they pump out Finnish superstars like DH, DH gate pumps out jerseys or something like that. Yeah. Um, seems about right. So I think put, Puglia Yarvi will fit in just fine. I think this is a very low risk move for this team. They really didn't give up all that much. And if it turns out to be like depth scoring in the playoffs, I mean, good. I don't think Carolina's done either. I'll just say that. I mean, there's going to be a lot that goes down between now and the next episode. But, uh, you know, you see what the Rangers have done. Even the Islanders have done, the Leafs have done. I mean, I feel like Carolina's got to make one more big move. If they get chickered, I mean, look the fuck out. That's going to be the nastiest decor in the league. And, like, I feel like people kind of aren't expecting them to make that move, which means that's exactly what they're going to do. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked. Um, All right, Luke Shen, he's going to Toronto. Canucks get a 2023 third rounder. Uh, Thank God it's not Pittsburgh. That's all I got to say. Toronto gets a third round pick in exchange for Pierre Engvall, who is headed to Long Island. And then Gus Nyquist is going to Minnesota for a fifth rounder, going back to Columbus. That just about wraps up all of the trades for right now. Obviously, trade deadline's Friday. We're recording this on Tuesday night. Going to be a lot more going down. It's been busy early this year. 
Um, yeah, like yeah, the week, totally. week and a half beforehand. It makes you wonder how much is actually going to go down on Friday, but I'm sure there'll be a flurry of stuff as usual. It is legitimately an arms race in the East. It's crazy to watch. Um, and it's rare that the Caps and Penguins like aren't involved in that. Yeah, it sucks. Like, yeah, a little bit. You said it, not me, but yeah. Um, Alex Tuck out week to week with a lower body injury. Let's move on to the discussion portion of the episode. But before we do, I think Nick has a word from our sponsor, Kane Footwear. That's right. You guys know that we love our Kane Footwear. Well, we've got some exciting news. They're coming out with Kids Revive uh, for their Kane Revive shoe, which should be dropping within the next couple months or so. It's going to be awesome. That way you and your children can stay active and recover uh, at the same time together. So be sure to stay uh, alert on our website. We'll be sure to put something out uh, when those drop. For sure. Definitely go give uh, Kane Footwear a look. You can find the link to their website in any of our social media bios. That link will help support us, so we appreciate it. Um, all right. Keandre Miller. Not sure if you guys saw this over the weekend, but in the Kings versus Rangers game, he ended up spitting on Drew Doughty. Uh, Miller tweeted the day after that incident happened an apology and noted that, quote, it was an accident. Uh, he was ejected from the game, and then earlier today, the NHL announced that Miller is suspended for three games. What are your guys' thoughts on this? I mean, I saw his statement, and I saw that him and Dowdy allegedly like talked after the game and everything, and they they were able to make everything good. Uh, it didn't look like an accident to me, um, but that's. Kind of what my thoughts were. I don't want to speak for the guy. I feel like you yeah. kind of have to take his word. But I was like, there's he wasn't like talking during it. He just went. It I was a weird. Yeah, it was a really weird clip for sure. I will say the clip of him getting tossed makes it makes me buy it a little more that it was an accident because he's not like pissed off. He he's kind of confused. Yeah, like, he he's like talking to the ref and the refs like they're just having like a really normal conversation. Like neither of them are really yelling at anyone, but it looks like the ref is kind of just explaining to him, like, like based on what you did, I have to, right. I have to throw you out. And he's kind of like, right. Okay. Like I get it, but I just, I want to be clear. Like I actually didn't mean to do that or like, yeah, weird situation. I'll take the guy's word for it, but either way, I mean, same as a lot of times you'll see in the NHL, you accidentally trip somebody, still a penalty. You accidentally spit on someone, you better expect to get suspended. So, and I think like like you said, like the way the clip is, it's like that's where the suspension comes from. The same reason the ref was saying like we got to toss you out of the game, like that's where the suspension comes from. I think spitting should be an automatic three. Like, I think that should just be a general rule. Kind of yeah. like a, it's really a like shitty thing to do in my just opinion gross like yeah and like the whole marshan licking a guy like you know it, it's just anything in that realm i'm just like you should just get three like don't yeah. do that again i'm kind of with it uh he's also on the rangers so i might be saying that also <laughs> um no bias though uh moving on to the st louis blues craig barube commented about the blues work ethic uh i think it was like a couple games ago said that the players, the top players, do not care about the team and that they play with zero passion, emotion, or inspiration. He also alluded to the fact that he thinks they are being paid too much. Um, I don't know if you guys saw. I think it was Merle. Pretty sure it was Merle's. Um, he quote tweeted this and said, well, they just traded like 
four guys that they won a Stanley Cup with in 2019, and you're expecting them to like have all their wits about them. Um, so you know, I'm I'm hearing both sides of the coin here. What do you guys think about these comments? I mean, he wasn't shy about going after his goalie earlier this season. He I guess he's not shy about calling his players out, but uh um I don't know. Like, why are you alluding to the fact that they're being paid too much? Isn't that a problem that maybe you could work on fixing? This literally sounds like a guy who wants to get fired. Yeah. Which maybe he does. Like, I mean, honestly, this literally sounds like he's going home at night being like, fuck, I got to get the fuck out of St. Louis. Like, what can I do? To like, just, you know, the, you know, the Seinfeld episode where George Costanza takes like the Yankees World Series trophy and like drags it around in the parking lot with his car because he wants yeah. to work for the Mets. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's what we're dealing with here. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then the Coyotes and Blues announced that they will play a preseason game in Wichita, Kansas in September. What are your thoughts on an NHL team? Uh, maybe even one day go into that Kansas City, Nebraska area. Give me Omaha. That would be so sick. I oh don't know. My God. I don't know that they could support it. They might have to work on that one. But <laughs> I mean, that that town, that city is pretty fun, honestly. It's a pretty cool area. I mean, Omaha for like us growing up, that was one of the most prestigious hockey, like college hockey programs yeah. in the country. Oh, absolutely. Nuts. Yeah. I'm trying to think of a team name. The Omaha, the Omaha Stakes. I fun. don't know if you could do it out of Omaha. You'd probably have to do it out of KC. But like, yeah. I mean, that's a great sports town. Penguins be like the Wranglers there. or something. Their logo. That like, could be cool. Like yeah. I'm thinking like the old Kansas City Scouts uh, logo, which I know Ooh. that's in not Kansas or Nebraska, but right. Missouri, right? Yeah. Penn's almost moved there when they went bankrupt. People forget. Yep. Oh, um, I don't forget. I remember yeah. very well. Oh, okay. I was just making sure. Um, on the fly discussion point right here, is there panic in Tampa because they got absolutely rinsed by the Pittsburgh Penguins the other night? I think it was like seven to two, and they are now down three to nothing against the Florida Panthers in the first period on home ice, getting outshot eighteen That's not to four. What I wanted to hear. I really wanted a Tampa regulation win because I'm still yeah. holding on to the Caps making the playoffs. Yeah. Not I don't great. know if there's panic. I mean, the next team in the Atlantic that could catch them is like 12 points behind. I mean, I don't really see a, a reason to panic. They're probably just not going to go into the playoffs with as good of a seed as people are used to. So yeah. what you're saying is Toronto is going to get home ice advantage and then they are. And then Tampa is going to win game seven because they <laughs> pretty much don't win they game sevens at home. home yeah. Yeah. So, uh, all right, let's move on to the trade rumors, and then we'll get to our interview with Melissa. Um, Right now, it looks like the Hurricanes, Avs, and Wild are reportedly checking in on Flyers as Kevin Hayes. Uh, I think the Avs or the Hurricanes would be an awesome landing spot for him. I can totally see that. I know which one I would prefer, uh, but I think he would be sick on the Avs. That would be awesome. Yeah, I think that'd be a great fit. Um, he'd be a great like third line center, he maybe even second line center for those guys. Um, Sharks GM Mike Greer anticipates Eric Carlson staying put for the rest of the season. Quote, I think there's always a little bit of interest, but at the same time, I think with five days to go until the deadline to make everything work, it might be something that's too difficult to pull off. I mean, I know that Carlson had some quotes saying he wishes he was on a contender, but he realized the Sharks weren't in a position this year, but he likes San Jose. It sounds like you know, he just doesn't want to like move. 
I think this is a giant tug on that fishing line to say, hey, look, this bait is alive, but you got to come and get it. Like, make me an offer that's a good one before Friday or we're pulling the plug. Yeah, I think that's a great analogy. Uh, Darren Drager reports that activity around Colton Pareko could pick up ahead of the deadline. That would be a huge name that gets moved, if so. Um, an elite NHL defenseman, Stanley Cup winner. Guy who's on a, I think he's got six or seven years left on his deal still. So that they be paid a him. I mean, big, big move. Yeah. Definitely a big move. I think he's making like six mil right now, though. That's like in, in the grand scheme of things, that's not like that bad for some teams, probably. Especially, no. If... And I mean, we were talking, you were mentioning like what Orlov was asking earlier, which yeah. probably would have been up towards what, eight or nine? You would north assume? of that for sure. North yeah. of it for sure. And then lastly, the Vancouver Canucks, they're talking to the Penguins. Sounds like maybe Besser, JT Miller, Connor Garland, one of those three. Sounds like uh, general manager Ron Hextall uh, uh, is searching for one of those guys. So should be interesting to see how that goes down over the course of the week. Where do you stand on that? Like, which one of those guys would you look for the most uh, coming to your beloved flightless bird hockey club? Oh, um, I would probably say, honestly, I would prefer Garland. I feel like Besser's been underperforming and, you know, he just doesn't really, I don't think he's really what we need. I'd love JT Miller, but you know they signed him to what that eight by eight over the off season, and we would probably have to give up a haul for him. I'll take Garland. Fit like I think we talked about this before the show. Nice little speedy third liner. Maybe don't have to give up quite as much. I wouldn't mind that. So we'll I see what happens. It. Yeah. So, all righty. Well, we are going to do our gambling and state of the union segment um, with Melissa. So we'll toss it over to her right now. All righty. And we are now pleased to be welcomed by Melissa Cunningham. And this is now her second time on the show, I believe. It's been a little bit since we last had you on. How are you doing? Yeah, I think uh, last time I was on, um, I had just given birth to my son like a few months ago. And he just turned one on Saturday. So it's crazy to think how fast uh, time flies. Congratulations. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's been a, a fun year so far, <laughs> but thank you for having me back. I appreciate you guys um, reaching out and I'm excited to be here and talk hockey. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, as you probably saw the day in the Twitter universe, a lot went down in the NHL. Um, you know, we got Patrick Kane traded. We've had Timo Meyer traded. So I guess we'll start off the uh, the conversation with this. I mean, it seems like in the East, you've got just five or six juggernauts, and then there's everybody else. You know, who do you think as of right now is the team to beat in the Eastern Conference? Ooh, that's that's tough because, like you said, there's so many, and then there's so many teams that are fighting. Um, but you've got to go with the Canes, right? That's the what Canes I was thinking. Are, what, you were thinking the same thing? Yeah, mm -hmm. you know um, – the Canes, I think that they had that playoff performance last year where we saw them, you know, lose to the New York Rangers. And what really affected them was they were only good on home ice. They weren't good on the road. Um, I think, though, from what I've seen from them so far this season, I think that they've gotten a lot better from a goalie standpoint um, versus where they were at last year. I like the pickup of um, Burns as well on defense. He's been getting more involved, especially on the power play unit. Um, 
you know, I think that they, they are the team that gives you the best value because, you know, you can just automatically go ahead and pick the teams that have the best records or whatnot. But I think the Canes are one that will be dangerous uh, and they have the experience for the playoffs. So uh, I personally, I, I'll be rooting for them because, you know, I like their coach and I, I like the players on, on that team. So I think that as long as they can win on the road, they're going to be dangerous. They've got the goalie depth too, right? Something not a lot of teams have. They've shown they've got three goalies that can hold their own. And, you know, it seems like we always see goalie injuries uh, come playoff time. So that's not nothing. Yeah. And they need that because, um, you know, they, that's what they really struggled with in the playoffs was the goaltending injuries. Um, you know, I think they had Ranta, Ranta was having issues, um, you know, and, and that's another what if for them is, is can they stay healthy when it comes to it? And, and that's what, uh, you know, if, if they need to go back to um, the kid, uh, I think he's playing in the, the AHL though right now. Um, yeah, Kachekov. Yeah, yeah. He was, because he was doing really well. I actually had him on my fantasy team yep. and I'm like, this kid. Yeah, he was lights out. Yeah. And I was winning all the games with him. And then it was like, all right, he, I think he won. Um, you know, player of the month. Uh, so it's interesting to see where he'll end up too as well. Um, but yeah, it's all about them staying healthy because, you know, their goalies are a little bit older and that's what really affects affected them, you know, in the past as well. So, you know, obviously <clears throat> you got the Bruins and the Canes at the top of the Eastern Conference standing wise right now. And we actually just talked about this on our recording a little bit just before you got on. You got Timo Meyer going to the Devils. You got Patrick Kane going to the Rangers. And obviously they got Tarasenko about a week ago. So I want to ask you this question. It seems as if things will remain the same, that we're going to have a Devils-Rangers first round. What are your immediate thoughts on that series? I'm pumped. I think that would right. be a great series. Um you know, the Devils really surprised me. I thought that they were a team that started off really strong, kind of similar to the Kraken right now, where you're waiting for them to kind of show some regression, but they haven't. And, you know, they keep going and and they're younger, obviously. So, you know, they're building. Um, so I, I think that, that that's going to be electric. Like it, you know, obviously the Rangers were the, were that team last year. They were the that underdog team that, you know, if you were betting them heavily throughout the playoffs, you were making money. Um, and I think that we'll get that with the Devils team. Um, and that's an interesting series head-to-head -head because if I remember correctly, every time these teams play each other, uh, the other team wins. Like, it's always a flip-flop game, um, if I remember capping that correctly, because I remember I'm always on the wrong side. And then I was <laughs> like, you know what? I saw this trend here. Um, but you know, being in Chicago and that's where I'm from, um, obviously I watch Kaner here as a Blackhawk and, you know, Sid is still obviously my favorite player. He's where my allegiance is, but Kaner, you know, I've seen him so many times. I was like, can you please not go to the New York Rangers? Can you go to the Buffalo Sabres? Because that's where he's from Buffalo. And I was pushing for it. Like I'd go to Blackhawks games and I'd say, Kane to the, to the Sabres. So <laughs> You know, maybe this is like a Claude Giroux deal where he goes to the Rangers and then at the end of the season, he signs with the Sabres next year, which I think would be amazing for him. I would love to see that. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I think seeing him, you know, with just the, the Sabres have been a, 
an insane team too, from a scoring standpoint. So um, yeah, I think that it, that would be a fun series. If I had to predict, you know, with playoffs, I always go with the team that has more experience. So I would definitely pick the Rangers over the Devils. And, you know, we always know that Igor is going to bring it in the playoffs. So he might have that edge in regards to experience. But I think it would be fun if we get to seven games with that one. So there's we'll some what old school like way. bad blood from like the 90s and early 2000s with those teams in the playoffs, too. And I would love to see that come back. I'm trying to think like what those buildings would be like in <laughs> like I don't even. I, when I was younger, you know, growing up a Caps fan, uh, for a long time, they were really bad. And my dad wanted me to know what playoff hockey was like. And so one year we went to a devil's game against the hurricanes, a playoff game. And I mean, New Jersey, New Jersey fans are no joke when it comes to devil's playoff hockey. And that was against the hurricanes. Now imagine them against the Rangers and they haven't been in the playoffs for a couple of years. So I think, uh, it would definitely get a little heated in the stands. Those fans like boo them if they're down after oh, one. Yeah. Well, there was <laughs> so like... actually at that same game that I was at, there it was Rangers and Hurricanes, and like I don't know, maybe a dozen times throughout the game, uh, there'd be like a little like whistle, like a guy just going like tweet, 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 and the whole crowd would go, Rangers suck. Weren't even playing, oh, not even right. against the Rangers, but just they just yeah. they just do it. That's like with yep. the Blackhawks and the Red Wings. You'll yep. always hear someone chanting. Yep. That's funny. You know I, what? That's what I love about playoff hockey is getting experiences, and you know, fans can be rough. You know, I think we Penguins fans dealt with Rangers fans coming at us hard last season. So, you know, it never. <laughs> that's why we all love hockey, right? Is is that interaction with the fans and we love our team. So um, yeah, it will be exciting for sure to see that, but I'm, you know, I'm proud of the devils. I think that they've made some positive strides. They've been a great team to bet on this year. They've been very consistent. And then also, you know, with, with, I think with the devils, they're just so young. So they have so much, so many years ahead of them too. We were just talking. I mean, the Meyer move just makes almost too much sense for them. It just seems like it's going to be such a good fit. And that's a guy that I could see staying there for five, six years easily. Right. You can just kind of build around them. And I think, uh, you know, it was that was kind of an obvious trade, I felt like, because when they mentioned it, we were just like, that just makes total sense. How does it get done? You know, and then it was done. So I think um, I think he's suiting up this week so we'll see how how he goes yeah i just final final comments on, on that potential series i mean despite how good igor and vanacek have been this year i just feel like that whole series would be like every game is six to five or like five to four just how young and speedy both those teams are it'd be a lot of fun i hope so those are fun even though a lot of people like the low scoring playoff games i still love the goals so I'll throw another one at you because we were also talking about this. Another team who's definitely beefed up this trade deadline is the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, and given the way that the Atlantic standings are shaping up, Boston's pretty much got that one seed locked up. And it looks like we're going to have a rematch of last year's first round between the Leafs and the Bolts. Obviously, Tanner Janot gets dealt to the Lightning. Uh, you know, you get McCabe, Lafferty, Ryan O'Reilly to the Leafs. What are your initial thoughts on that rematch? 
a potential rematch. I think it's the Leafs time. I mean, you guys have to, you have to win. And I was very big on the Leafs last year. I said that series is going to seven and it's going to flip-flop each time. And I was so disappointed when the Leafs could have clinched. And then, you know, it's just history repeats itself. And, you know, I can't even imagine just being a fan, but it shows you that their organization is making the moves, you know? So they, they understand the pressure that is going on with those players of constantly losing in the first round. Like, I can't, I can't even imagine what's going through Austin Matthews' minds, you know? Um, and I think his contract is coming up too. Uh, so that will be interesting, but, you know, I love the Leafs. I think people have a love hate relationship with that team. I love betting on this team because they always cover puck lines. They, and you can always bet underdogs against them. Like how many times do they lose to the, the Habs, like all the time. So you always kind of can tell there. Um, but I, you know, Tampa, you got to wonder if that fatigue eventually will set in because, you know, if you keep grinding those seven game series, you know, can they, can they hold up? And we've kind of seen it with um, their goaltending. Tampa used to be an under team. Now they're like scoring goals left and right. And then Vasilevsky's letting in goals left and right. And um, you know, it's, it's a different Tampa team than what we're used to. So if I had to take a guess right now, I would, I would lean with the Leafs, but I think, again, that's going to be a tough series, probably going under a lot, a lot of those close overtime matchups. But also, I don't know if you guys talked about it, but I hate the playoff seating for the NHL. Like It needs it to just, go back to one to eight. Yeah, it's just it's like so, so boring having these, these teams just play each other the same, same teams, same matchup, same round every year. It's, yeah, it's frustrating. They need, to, they need to switch it up and – I don't, I think even Sid said something about it too in an interview, but it, it's, it's just, I don't know, like you got to switch it up because it's, it's not fair. <laughs> yeah, know? it's brutal. It's not making the two best teams play each other in the conference finals. No, exactly. No, it's usually making the two best teams play each other in like the first round. And it's yeah. like, shit, somebody has to. Because yeah. you got to wonder if, if the Leafs did go through that first round, I feel like they easily could have made, made it all the way to the Stanley cup easily. Yeah. And you know, I, I said it earlier, I think I said it on last episode. Um, they're kind of a team. I want to say they're flying under the radar cause they're the Leafs, but everyone's talking about, you know, Kane and Tarasenko Rangers, the young and common devils, the hurricanes are a wagon. The Bruins never lose at home. It feels like <laughs> this is kind of the perfect timing for them to really maybe make a push. And maybe they can make like a little third round run, maybe even a cup final. I don't know. I hope so. You know, there's a lot of Toronto haters out there, but I think for those fans sake, you know, give, give them the cup, but it's a matter of if once they get past that first round, can they get past the second, you know? So we'll see. But again, I agree with you guys. I think it's unfortunate that these teams have to match up the way it is. That would be the most absurd Stanley Cup parade of all time, right? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I think they'd probably have a parade after the first round, too, honestly. They should. Yeah. yeah. They should. I, I I almost feel like it's quali- like qualified at that point. Like you it's it's fine. We get it. Like you finally got past the first round. But um I do want to ask you about your thoughts on the current state of both of our favorite team, the Pittsburgh Penguins. 
Um, kind of a weird up and down season. You know, they they start off good and then they go on a real cold streak. And then from Thanksgiving to Christmas, they like basically don't lose. And then ever since the new year, it's just like this like, you know, win and lose type of hockey. And then, you know, they they drop some really important games after the All-Star break. And then over the weekend, they win back to back. It's like nobody really knows what's going on or what to do. So what what are your thoughts on the current state of the team? I can't figure them out. You know, one one week they look dreadful. The next week they're, you know, scoring left and right. I think the biggest issues for them, though, is age for one, um, which is similar to the, what the Capitals are experiencing right now, um, which is another topic. But I think, two defensively. And all these defenders kept getting injured throughout and they couldn't keep up. Um, when you watch the, the Penguins, which we do a lot, <laughs> They're amazing in the first period. They're all over the ice. They're skating well. You know, they're getting shots off. My concerns with them is, you know, from an age standpoint, obviously, but can they can they hold up? Can they, you know, stay healthy? Because currently, you know, they're just missing something. There's one thing that they're missing. So I want to ask you this. Uh there's a lot of talk right now about something going down between the Pens and the Canucks. I don't know whether it's Besser or JT Miller or Connor Garland. I, I'm seeing a lot of that. In yeah. my opinion, and you tell me if you disagree, I still feel like we need to go out and get a backup goaltender. I don't trust the Smith one bit. And Jari, as we have seen, has a long history of injury problems. And we don't stand a chance, in my opinion, if we don't go out and get a backup goaltender. Yeah, I agree 100%. And, you know, even during the offseason when they signed to Smith to that extension, that surprised me because, you know, I was like, he needs to prove himself before we're signing him, you know, to an extension. Um, I, As far as goaltenders, you know, Gibson's been turning it on a lot. You know, John, he might be a potential. I'm intrigued. Um, Demko's back, you know, he might be a potential. It's just a matter of, do they want to be aggressive and, and do that? Usually they are. You should get at least one guy, you know, who can come in. Um, but I, I agree. I think that goaltending is something that frustrates us every playoff series. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, you know, right now they're sitting in the second wild card. Um, got a couple games in hand on some teams tied in games played with some other teams, you know, probably a deadline move that's going to happen between right now and the deadline Friday. But if I had to make you put, you know, your life savings on it, do you think the Penguins make the playoffs? No. Okay. I do not think they better. make the playoffs. You're helping me tamper my expectations, so I appreciate it. <laughs> it's it's good to have some rational Penguins fan analysis on this podcast. I will say that. <laughs> it, it you know it's really, and I really hope that they prove me wrong. Um, but I think if you look at their schedule, you know they they got to keep playing the Rangers, um, you know Tampa again, and there's other teams that are that seem to want it more. Like, I think it's going to come down to obviously the Penguins, the Islanders, the Sabres. I think the Red Wings are going to get kicked out eventually. I don't think that they're going to be in the mix. If they are, then that will surprise me. And then obviously the Capitals. So 
those are going to be the four teams fighting for that last two spots, in my opinion. Um, Islanders, you know, they've, they've kind of turned it, they've made some, some smart moves too. Uh, so I think that this wild card push is, is going to come down to the wire. I think, I don't think we're going to know about it until maybe the, the last week of the season. So it's the Penguins just can't go and play teams like, and you know, they can't go out to Anaheim and lose to them, you know, like they, they can't, they can't do that. So as of right now, my hopes are very low for them. So well, it's crazy too, that like you mentioned, you know, Red Wings falling out of it, but now all of a sudden, like we had the the senators and the Red Wings play back to back last night and tonight. And it's sure looking like so far that the Senators are going to have won both of those games in regulation, which would tie them with all the rest of these teams too. So suddenly it's like yet another team you can't technically write off. I mean, do I expect the Senators to be in the mix at the very end of the season? I wouldn't think so, but there they are. (laughs) I know. I I hope not, you know, and they had some goaltending injuries and, you know, Talbot's obviously back now, but when he went down, I was kind of like, you know, are they going to be able to handle this? Yeah, um, but they had like two random guys basically playing playing yeah, goalie for what them. What was for his a name? Weeks. Like Mad something or Ma- no? Mad Sogard, I think. And, <laughs> yeah, what an awesome uh, name. I forget the other guy, but yeah, it was two guys I had never heard of before. That's hilarious. Yeah, I I think the Senators and the Red Wings have big futures ahead. I think that from a betting standpoint, I like to bet on them as dogs a lot, especially in the second half of the year. I think that they'll be sneaky, like you said. Uh, but, you know, I could be wrong. It could be the the Sens getting in the playoffs and the Penguins are are going home crying. So, <laughs> you never know. Do you think the Sabres could make it? I mean, that's a team that has proven it, I think, three or four times this year that they can pretty much beat anyone when they're on their their A game. They are, they've been a road team, you know, they've been yep. very strong on the road. Their challenges have been on home ice for some reason. Um, but what I like about the Sabres team is they score a lot. Yes. They let in a lot of goals, but they can continuously play. Um, and they are able to hold leads, which a lot of teams can't. I'm sure you guys have experienced this. If you're betting how many times is a team up three, one or three, zero, and they end up losing, I feel the Sabres have been a team that, um, you know, even when they played the Leafs the other night, they were down, I think, 6 nothing or 5 nothing, and they they put it within two or one, um, and they came close. So uh, teams that, that battle like that and consistently keep driving, I would love to see the Sabres in the playoffs, honestly. Same. Which is actually sad for me to say because that would probably mean the Penguins don't get in. <laughs> but I, They deserve I'm a, it. I'm a, I feel yeah, the same way in regards to the Caps. It would it would be fun to see them in there for sure. Um, and I mean, the more I watch them play, the more I kind of feel like they're going to make it. They're only one point behind the Penguins right now, and they've played one less game. They've also they're only uh, what is it three points behind the Islanders for that first wild card spot, and they've played five fewer games than the Islanders. So, um, wow. yeah, it's definitely it's definitely in the close. realm of possibility. Yeah. And probably in two, in two weeks or the next time you guys are are filming, you'll probably have a completely different standings list, I bet. Yep, it's I'm just sure. going to keep yep. changing. Yep. So I want to kind of wrap up with this. So, you know, we're getting into March. When this drops, it'll be tomorrow, March 1. Uh, we got about six weeks left of the regular season. 
are there any like trends that you find are more likely to happen towards the end of the season in terms of betting than maybe the start of the season? Like I know I've been seeing a lot of people say like, oh, the 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 playoff unders are going to have to start happening because teams got to tighten down. Like, or, what do you what are your thoughts on like March hockey in terms of betting? You know, I like to go the underdog route. I think that we'll get a lot of teams like Tampa Bay Lightning is a great example of this. Um, they are a team that once they clinch, they know that they're in that spot. You know, like what we mentioned, they're between them and the Leafs. They already know that. So you might catch them, you know, off of a, a, a road win or whatnot, and they're heading home and you might be able to catch a, a live dog in that situation. So usually in March and April, I really like to bet dogs, dogs that might be on that playoff bubble playing a team like a Tampa or Colorado, maybe Um, those I find to be more profitable. Um, I also love to, I kind of alluded to this with that example, but I love to fade teams that return home after a long road trip. I, especially if they're on the East coast and they come home to the West coast, I find that to be, um, a big trend that that I see. But as far as totals go, you know, last season, I kind of kept riding that over train. And we got to the point where we're, we're seeing sevens and, you know, even seven and a half, I think, for that Pittsburgh-Edmonton game. And it, it hit in the second <laughs> period. <laughs> you know, So if, if the book is putting out a seven, you know, I know a lot of people automatically bet the under, but, you know, we're, we're not seeing any of these these goaltenders stop. So um, goals just keep coming. So I don't, if I play an under, it's usually teams, you know, that are trending that way, but um, you know, or I like to do sixes for overs, but I don't think, I don't think we're going to see any stop on, on, on that trend. Hopefully not. It makes it more fun to watch. Is there a team in particular that you've been kind of riding all season? That's been good to you. Seattle Kraken for the first half. I think though I've kind of pulled off of them because I think that they, it's they will regress a little. Um, well, obviously the Boston Bruins, um, yes, they're the obviously always favored every game, but they consistently cover puck lines, which sometimes you can get at plus money. Um, teams that I hate to bet on Dallas stars. Absolutely hate betting yep. on them. Yeah. <laughs> get that one. Never predict that team. Um, They're like the most inconsistent team, I would say, in pro sports. Yeah, like, and then, you know, they'll they'll play a game. You know, I I, I noticed a trend with them. They are an under machine on back to backs. Every single time they're on the back-to-back this year, they've gone under the next game, no matter what. So that's been a trend that I kind of been writing out with that team. I like that. Um, but Minnesota Wild, they've sometimes been good to me too. I think that they surprised me because they're more of an under team this year versus last year. They were scoring left and right. So, uh, yeah, so th- those are probably – and, I mean, the Penguins, you know, I kind of – I'll be like, you know what, if I bet on the Penguins tonight, if I lose my bet but they win oh, or, or vice versa. Speaking my language. <laughs> yeah, like when you bet on Edmonton, that was like your biggest play of the year. You were like, you know what? If I lose, I will, things yeah. win, it's a win-win. Hedge your happiness, what, right? I will pay whatever it takes for that team to get out of a slump. And uh, <laughs> I guess I didn't, but it made me happy at the end of the day. So, you know, whatever. I did it the other night. I took Tampa, and Tampa got 
smoked. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that was wild, right? And they're getting they're getting so kind of beat. They're getting beat down right now by Florida too. I'm on Tampa are tonight, they? and that one kind of is biting me. I'm on Buffalo too, and Columbus was winning last I checked, but. Oh, that's um, another team I feel like I haven't figured out. The Panthers, like, I mean, they're right in that yeah. mix too. And I, I yeah. don't see them making the playoffs just because of some of the other teams we've Weird talked about. Team. But I mean, they totally still could. Yeah, and, like, I, I, I shouldn't have left them out because they, they're probably gonna be in the mix too. Yeah. Completely forgot about them. They're a team you forget about. They're <laughs> a strange team. I, I mean, I, I have no stats in front of me. I'm pretty sure they've been good on the over as of recent, but um. You know, it's going to be a wild race to the end, but uh, that's really all I have uh, for you, Nick. Mac, do you guys have any other questions? Cup final prediction? Ooh. Ooh. Going to put you on the spot. Sorry. Nick loves Abs, to do this. Abs versus Leafs. Ooh, okay. Wow. Why did wow. I just do that? <laughs> <laughs> that's Who what wins? I say no, when I, I make like to. my bracket every year. I'm like, what am I yeah. doing? This is dumb. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But you have to be bold with those brackets because if you pick yeah. the obvious, yeah. then like like last year I ran a bracket and I always give a t-shirt out to whoever wins. And I think there were 30 people who picked the abs to win. So it was like yeah. tiebreakers left and right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Do you think so. the abs or leafs win that? Oh, see, I'm huge on the abs, but I think if the abs are healthy, they will repeat. Even but with the goaltending duo? Be bold. Let's be bold. Let's say the Leafs won the cup. Why not? Wow. I'm down love with it. it. I'm so down with it. Twitter's going to love this. <laughs> when this I'm gets clipped, don't be crazy. mad at us. <laughs> right. I should go put my futures bet in right now. Yeah, there you I go. Love it. I love the energy. Well, uh, yes. We appreciate you coming on and joining us once again. We'd love to have you on again come playoff time. I think that'd be a lot of fun. We're trying to be better about getting uh, more guests on for this playoff run when we go twice a week. So that'll be a lot of fun. And, uh, awesome. you know, be- best of luck the rest of the season. And hopefully the Penguins can uh, make the playoffs here, I hope. Yeah, I hope they surprise us all. But thank you guys for having me on. It's been a pleasure as always. And uh, yeah, we'll talk soon, I'm sure. All right. Sounds, Sounds good. good. Thank you. Thank you. Sounds good. Bye. Big thanks to Melissa for joining us. Uh, second time on the show for her. As always, we appreciate it. Um, she had some great insight there in terms of some of the trade deadline deals that uh, she liked, what she thought of the Pens. Obviously, it's nice hearing from a fellow Pens fan and not getting ripped on being called the Flightless Bird Hockey Club. Um, and, you know, it's she watches a ton of hockey just like we do, so it's always nice to talk to her. Um, boys, before we wrap up, any final thoughts? My final thought is that my most toxic trait is that I still want the Capitals to make the playoffs, even though I know we will get smoked by someone in the first round. I just want them to make the playoffs so that I have quite literally four exciting hockey games to watch and get fired up about just to watch us lose. And more importantly, I just don't want the streak to end. So yeah, that's where I'm at. That's where Um, I'm at. I'm going to say something that's really, really stupid and doesn't make sense at all, but it's going to make you feel even worse. The Kings won a Stanley Cup by being an eight seed, just saying. Stop, stop. <laughs> don't don't say shit like that to me because I'm thinking the same shit. What the fuck's no, wrong I, with you guys? <laughs> oh, oh I'd be nice to have a stress-free playoff and then 30 yeah, minutes I, later. I, no, I take, I take yeah, all that shit Stress-free back. playoff, yeah. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Mega beer size. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, I don't know about all that, but we'll see. Um, I don't know. 
it's it's a stressful time for our fan bases. I know we've said that the last couple episodes. It definitely stands true right now. Um, uh, real quick, final go around. Uh, Harry, are the Penguins done making moves? Mac, are the Caps done making moves? Caps are not done as okay. of Tuesday, February twenty eighth, uh, eight p.m. Eastern. Connor Garland will be a Pittsburgh Penguin by Friday. Okay. And so will Jacob Chikrin. Oh my God, no chance. I want the Caps to either get Chikrin or Pareko or one other like solid D-man with some contract. That's what I want. I don't even want to know what the return for Pareko would need to be. Literally. Either way, I think there's a really high potential that McMichael or Lapierre or both are gone. It's probably so. both because yeah. they can't really start giving up picks because I don't really think they have any good ones. Yeah. So, yeah, I also don't know if I'm okay with that or not. Like, I I'm really okay with one of them. Yeah, and, and not think, the other one. Yeah, I kind of agree. <laughs> yeah, if the Penguins trade Pierre Joseph, I'll be pissed. That's all I gotta say. That's one guy I don't want to let go. But yeah. anyways, alrighty. We'll be back with you next week when the trade deadline is officially over. We'll recap the rest of the moves that we missed. Talk about who's winners, losers, and carry on. Thank you for listening, everybody. We appreciate the love and support as always. Once again, thanks to Melissa for joining us. And without further ado, class dismissed. <laughs>